From the live network studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. That's my favorite line in the whole thing because itself is outdated. No, no, no. She's not a big Limp Biscuit fan. Oh, right, right. Because when, when this song came out, that was a hot band, I guess. I, I'll tell you who's not a Limp Bizkit fan. You? Me. Have I ever told you my story? Didn't we go see Limp Bizkit once? Oh, yeah, you were with me. Yeah, yeah I, was just saying, <laughs> I, I was there for that story. Yeah, you, you lived that story. Was Sleepers Hill involved in that story? That's a different story. Different story. Yeah, yeah. Different night. Different night. One was in D.C., one was in uh, Albany. Okay. We went to Albany. As the story goes, our, our colleague at the time, who shall remain nameless... Uh, was the first cousin of the guy that discovered uh, Limp Bizkit, Jordan yes. Schur, who's a uh, Interscope Records president, big-time music executive. By the way, welcome to episode 85 of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. 1980, I should have known. Should have known. I was pulling that Once one again, I'm sitting here going, what Why is, is he this? playing this? Bowling for Soup? Is that Bowling the for Soup, yes, but I have lots of trivia related to this song today All right. in honor cool. of episode 85, but it's uh, some interesting tidbits there. But anyway, so we're my friend's uh, first cousin, uh, invites us to go backstage to a Limp Bizkit concert in Albany at the height of their success and fame, uh, which we did. And the concert was reasonably enjoyable. But my favorite story about this is backstage, uh, they have this very, very large-looking gentleman, very large-looking gentleman. And what he did was line up all the girls to the right and all the guys to the left and then told everybody to get their IDs out. So first he went over to the girls' line, checked IDs, everybody goes backstage. Then he turns to the gentleman, who all is sitting there with a with a license <laughs> in their hand, and he says, "Gentlemen, get the front out door." You can imagine. You can imagine the f word. Get the f out. Yep. And they're like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "I'm sorry, was I stuttering? Get the f out." And the guy's like, "I want a contest." He goes, "Maybe you didn't hear me. Get the f out." <laughs> I want a contest. That's my girlfriend that just went back there. Maybe you didn't hear me. Get out. Yeah. You got about five minutes to exit this uh, vicinity before we call the police. That's the way they do it. That's the way they do it. So uh, all these guys were denied, but the four of us were the only other men besides Limp Biscuit and the select uh, group of, of hangers-on that were invited backstage. And it was fascinating. It wasn't, you know, people weren't doing lines of coke. There were booze and whatever else. But I got into a great conversation with Fred Durst about what he was doing next and movie directing and all this other stuff. 
And uh, it was very. Well, I'm uh, glad he had a backup plan. Yeah, well, I don't know. It was it, it was uh, it was an enlightening experience being backstage for a mega you know band at that stage in their career and whatever. But that was my favorite move ever. Just lining up all the guys on oh, one yeah. side, all the girls, and it was like, get out! And you guys take get a hike. Get <laughs> the but, look on their but face. My girlfriend just went through the. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that's, a hike. That's exactly what just happened, and you will not see her till she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, they. The, the reference to Limp Biscuit was sort of, um, I, I heard the song, obviously, episode 85, and it got me to think, this is probably a great top ten list. And sure enough, it is. Okay. There are ten bands mentioned in the song, or eleven, actually, mentioned in the song, 1985. Wow. That's can you, great. Can you give me ten of the eleven? Oh, man. Jeez, I wish I was just paying attention a minute I ago. know. Isn't that great? <laughs> It's like they get you those old people quizzes and they repeat like four things. Yeah, and then and they're like, repeat hey. it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got Wham and I got Limp Biscuit. Yep. On the hood of White Snake's car. Ah, there you go. Right. That's that's a that's an interesting one. Okay. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Madonna. Way before. <laughs> Way before Madonna. You two. You two. And Blondie. And Blondie. You're at six so far. I don't know how much this is going to make for good radio, though, as I try to dig deeper along here. Um, what rhymes with Madonna? Because there's another band that finishes that Madonna. lyric. Madonna. Springsteen, Madonna. Way Nirvana. Be- way before Nirvana. You got it, so you're at seven. I'll just fill it out, because now yeah, it, now we're talking it, about not the chorus. Okay. But they mention Motley Crue. Okay. Mention Ozzy. Right. They, they mention uh, Duran Duran. Okay. She was going to shake her. Yeah, yeah. Ran, ran. yeah, yeah. Uh, Van Halen, who the yeah. other lead singer is a Van Halen, mm-hmm. which uh, so very interesting lines in White Snake. Obviously, you got uh, what, what I found interesting about this song is it's one of the few times that a band covered a song that had been released only a year or two before. And Bowling for Soup did not write this song. A I band called SR71 wrote this song and released it and was friends with the lead singer of Bowling for Soup. And he called him up one day and said, hey. You know, this song that we did kind of mediocre with, I think it has your sound. And huh? if you guys record this, I think it could be a big hit for you. Well, it's so, funny that Bowling for Soup had a sound because they only have one hit, and it was when this. When you hear the original and the outro today is the original, you're going to be like, wow, they, they, this guy was right. He heard that this band would do it better than he did it. Huh? And they changed a couple of the lyrics, too. So there's a few different uh, pop references in their version versus the new one. But they were released within a couple of years of each other. So. Very, very interesting. What are uh, the Joni uh, Mitchell Woodstock must have been released similar? Between Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, that yeah. C- couldn't have had too much time. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's that's a good one there. So, uh, all right, what do you want to fire away in terms of, uh, you got that whole list, by the way. Nice job. Well done. Uh, uh, yeah, let's see. Episode 85. I got a music question we can keep it going with. Okay. What is the only battle to share its name with a one-word title of a number one hit song? The only battle to share its name with the one word title of a number one hit song i wish there was a song called bulge that'd be great <laughs> battle of the bulge right yeah but if you're out you there fight it every day if you're out there somebody better write a hit song called bulge that's a word that's, that's i a bet good you word. there's a song called bulge. bulge it just hasn't made it the number one there's only one way to find out nick there's only one musician i think of when i think of bulge mike gordon oh yeah now, surprisingly, no song that uh, no. Spotify can recognize called no. Bulge. So, all right, so there you go. It's on the table for you guys. For all you up-and-coming artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the leaders. only number one hit song to share a name with is a... Is there a battle? Is there a company called Bulge? 
I'm going to say Waterloo. Waterloo, you got it. ABBA? ABBA. Waterloo. Waterloo. How does it feel? <laughs> the thing with ABBA is I like their music. I don't know what they're singing, though. I don't either. In those lyrics, but. <laughs> That's pretty basically what it is. I like that all their names are ABBA. Like, oh, they add like, up to ABBA? Yeah, it's like. It's Agatha. Like Agatha, Bjorn, you know, Benny. And, they got some uh, names. Yeah, Benny, Bjorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the other one is, though. Agnetha is the Ag- only one. I Agnetha. Like, what is that? That's all a about? rough name. I don't know. I, there's no. Uh, what, what's. Uh, how can I forget their name already? It's the most famous band ever from Scandinavia. Uh, oh, well, Cosvod Vex. Vex. Yes, Cosvod yeah. Vex. There are no Cosvod Vex. All right, I have a great one for you. And uh, it is it is not quite as good as Waterloo, but it is probably my favorite one of the week, dare I say, early on giving it to you. What fictional Scottish cower- character created the now-entered Oxford quotation dictionary quote, cheese-eating surrender monkeys? Okay. And what get fictional Scottish character created the now-entered Oxford quotational dictionary quote, cheese-eating surrender monkeys? All right. I've seen this. I have seen First of all, do you someone know be what called. a cheese-eating surrender monkey is? Yes. Uh, someone from France? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you hit it right on the head. The cheese-eating Eating surrender monkeys, monkeys are a reference Frenchman. to Frenchmen. Yeah. Yes. It's something you would call a Frenchman. A cheese-eating <laughs> surrender, surrender monkey. Oh, man. I don't know the guy's name. But... Yes, you do. Who's the most famous fictional Scottish yeah, I, character I know ever? He, I know. He, is he, he's like the janitor. Is he the janitor? Yeah. From the Simpsons. Yes. What's his name? Groundskeeper Willie. Groundskeeper Willie. That's it. You got it. Groundskeeper Willie created a quote for an episode of The Simpsons, the cheese-eating surrender monkey, when referencing a Frenchman, and it's stuck. It is now in part enshrined in the Oxford quotation dictionary. Is it really? That, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> that's my favorite thing ever. It's like, oh, who said that? Oh, that was Groundskeeper Willie. That <laughs> <laughs> was Groundskeeper Willie. Hard to explain. Uh, Let's just say he pinpointed the French. Yes, nailed it. Uh, all right. So this is a decent one. Not as good as the FedEx logo, but this was something that I was made aware of. And I was mean, like, like well, the arrow that's yes. And I was like, I looked at this a million times and never knew that mm-hmm. that's what it was. Uh, what company's logo is three tuning forks on top of each other? What company's logo Ooh. is three tuning forks on top of each other? Don't know. Now, I find this even more interesting because I think they're more famous for making other things, but they started off making pianos. Oh, okay. Yamaha? Yeah, Yamaha. Interesting. So they began as a... Yeah, I view a... their logo as a typeface. I don't think of a logo. Like, I I, I wouldn't know how to pick out the look Yamaha at, look logo. At, look at it. Google y- Yamaha. When it comes up, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I absolutely recognize that logo as being Yamaha. Could be a good picture round. I thought the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, those are three tunes. But, but I still only recognize it with the Yamaha wording right next to it. If I saw you that logo, get that stand, without the... No, nah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't, I think, think, I don't I think I would, but it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. Um Oh, okay, so this is actually a perfect follow-up question. You just give me a Yamaha, I'm going to come right back at you. Which company's race cars use the number 23 because it translates to their company name in Japanese? Hmm. Which company's race cars translate to the number 20, or where use the number 23 because it translates to the company's name in Japanese? Wow. Isn't that great? Jeez. 
23 in Japanese. 23 in Japanese. Why would that be symbolic of anything? Boy, this is... This is tough. I mean, is it one of the big two? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to decipher which could be... Like, like I remember when Dotson became Nissan... Or Toyota, I'm going to say not Nissan, so it's either Toyota or Honda. Does Toyota mean 23? No, why do you say not Nissan? Only because I, rem- like, I remember when Nissan was Datsun. Right. And then they changed its name to Nissan. Sure. I would have thought if they were changing it to the number 23, that would have stuck with me. So you're saying it is Nissan? It is. Ni is two, and San is three. Okay. So I don't know why they changed that Nissan. name from Dodson to Nissan. I assume somebody bought it and they was named after they, something. They use the number 23 in every race car because it translates to Nissan. Gotcha. There you go. Hmm. What do you think? Good one? Great. Great one. All right. Speaking of that part of the world in cars, I got one for you then. Wow. Just going right into another one here. What is the best-selling car of all time? The best-selling car of all Toyota time. Corolla? You got it. Yeah. Worldwide, I, I, number one. I've read that somewhere before. I always I was thought it was the Beetle. Still the one. Yeah, I almost said that. But then I remember reading that it was the Corolla surpassed the, the Beetle. Right, the Corolla surpassed the Beetle recently in the last few years. This is interesting. There is a device or an invention that I would say that has absolutely revolutionized the world. Probably the most important invention that I can think of in our lifetime. More so more so than, than the iPhone? More so than the iPhone, more so than the internet, more so than anything in you our, can think In our lifetime or in the lifetime of people that are... So you're talking about air conditioning? Let's say in the last 150 years. I, I don't want to say it's more important than air conditioning because it was it's a different kind of important. But in terms of technological advancement in society, this is the most important. More than the phone? Yes, because if this didn't exist, there would be no phone. All right. Care to guess? I'd be guessing, but uh, so you're saying uh, if this technology did not exist, there would be no phones, at least not in the in the way that they are now. Hmm. Is it got to do with electricity? Yes. Is it like a transistor or that a converter? Electric converter. I mean, I don't know a ton think about, about like about the power. Think about power. So when we were kids, right, you used to have a home phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And didn't plug into a wall. You just had a phone, and it had... Right, like I needed a separate. Until you got cordless, you didn't need the separate. Uh, you got cordless, right. So that's step one. And now what do we got? It's something that goes in our pockets, and you can walk around with for 12 hours. Well, what do we use for that? How does that exist? Uh, is it satellite? It's the lithium-ion battery. Okay. The lithium-ion battery was the most revolutionary technological advancement ever i'm ready for new yeah i'm ready to move on from the lithium ion battery because my phone only lasts one year yet i, I have kinda, to pay for it i kind of loved years. asking this as a question because the lithium iron battery was the was supposed to be the answer, answer. <laughs> but the way i'm going to ask this uh the guy who invented it is 95 and still alive and has oh really absolutely no credit for this invention right. never patented it oh i know it, it drives and it's you, in everybody's pocket right it drives you absolutely crazy he's got the greatest name I've ever heard in my life for an inventor. It's just the funniest thing I've ever heard. The guy's name is John Goodenough. Oh, wow. Uh, John Goodenough. Scientist John Goodenough. Forgot to go to the patent office. Is that good enough? That's not good enough. Is he broke? Do we have any? No, he seems happy. I saw a picture of him celebrating his 95th. He's still working on 
the future of battery oh at 95 God. years old, like the next generation of wow. things. See, some people have jobs you don't retire from, but I would think making batteries and stuff <laughs> you would be John like good enough. At ne- some point, he's like this lithium-ion battery. It's not good enough. I know it's not good enough. I know. I know for sure it's not good enough. It's not good enough. He's John good enough is charged with making I don't know. the battery that's good enough. I don't know anything about batteries. I just know there's got to be a better way. Why can't I get a battery that lasts two days that's, and doesn't die after a year? Uh, it's just crazy. It, it's, it's very maddening. Jaw's crazy. All right, what else you got for me besides John good enough? Good for you. John, good, good enough. enough. Get to work. <laughs> like I'm 95. I don't have. I don't control my own bowel movements anymore. What would you like me to do? Let's see if you know this one. What was the first of Stephen King's novels turned into a movie? Now we're down to a couple, but yeah, my my gut tells me it's Christine. It's not Christine. Oh, crap. Um, see, there's another one I would have thought. Carrie. Yeah, you got Carrie. Okay. okay. It was a name. I think it's like 78. It stuck out in my head that it was a first female first name, and I couldn't remember. It was between those two. I think people think The Shining. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that was probably the first big hit. I don't know how Carrie did it at the box office. I wasn't a huge fan of that movie. I didn't like that movie. Yeah. It didn't terrify me, but I just don't relate to it. I just I can't get that image of the blood. The blood yeah, in the eyes. Yeah, it's just Not disgusting. For me. But it wasn't even that, like, scary or fun. It was just kind of like... It just... You don't root sad. for anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this horribly abused girl is about right. to extract her revenge on yes. humanity. Great. Yeah, exactly. Woohoo! It's, it's, it's Everybody a, get excited. It's not a fan of Carrie. Uh, yeah, that is that is not... But it's funny that that was the one that got made first of all of his... Uh... It's, I find that somewhat remarkable. Um, do you know... What the French word for dry is? Hey, you've been asking me French week after week. I have a clue. Years, this. I have a I clue. Like three years one. of French, but just trying to come up with. I have a clue. Or I miss crayon. This is the second French reference in the same. Uh, <laughs> the same. Cheese surrender monkey, and now the word surrender for dry. Dry. Yep. Now I'll put it to you this way: it is the opposite of moist. It is the name of it's the it's a very very popular brand name. There's a company whose entire brand is based on this word in French, and it's dry. dry. Yep, that's why it's interesting. Because I add, if you want me to ask it, does it way, have to do with laundry? It has to do with deodorant. Okay, so arid. That's a good guess. Uh, but that's hold not on, French. Hold on, hold on. So once again, what deodorant is, is the it French a women's word for deodorant dry? or men's? Men's. A men's deodorant? It's a very male-sounding word. It's the most male-sounding deodorant name I can think of. Jeez, am I this detached from male deodorants? I can't stage a guess. Aftershave. It's got a whole brand. Green. Because <laughs> it's color scheme. I mean, talk about... See, I've been buying the same deodorant for 20 years. It's just... I don't even see other things on the shelf. Four I just go letters. right to a descriptive term describing somebody who is an ogre-like human being. <laughs> um, put you out of your misery. It's brute. Oh, okay. Brute, brute is dry. the French oh, word for dry. W- dry wine is brute. Precisely. Dry champagne Pain. is brute. Brute champagne. There you go. And that's what I. That's the kind I like. You think I would have got that? Yep. There you go. French word for dry is brute. An entire brand oh man, that, that that makes me nervous because if I'm missing that, French eating, I, 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 those, uh, I hope I'm not eating my, surrender monkeys are I, getting a little nervous. I hope I'm not already on vacation because if I'm missing that, 
<laughs> I think mentally we've checked out. I think I might have checked folks. out Thanksgiving. Right, well, let's move on to sports. How did so I can get back in your wheelhouse? Dry, of it's course. Okay. Of course. It's okay. You don't think of these things until you know them. Well, you know what? Just the the, uh, the aftershave or the uh, deodorant just completely got me out of thinking. You're thinking in general. Like spice. You're thinking like all those. Yeah, yeah. Arid, I think, was yeah. like what I was arid thinking of. Dry. And then when that wasn't right, I just kept thinking of arid. Still not right. I couldn't get it out of my head. All right. You want something else here? No, nah, I want sports. Right. I want to go to sports. We did a lot in general knowledge. All right. Before we go to minutes. Before we go to sports. Okay. And I, I don't think I've ever done this before in 85 podcasts, but I got to bring something up. Go for it. So last week, you asked me a question about the last time Alabama got blown out. Somebody had asked you a question yeah, about it. Yeah, it was like it was... more than 16 points or something like that. Right. Who was the head coach? Right, and it was Saban on LSU. Yeah. Right, so the last time Alabama lost. Well, I threw up a guess and uh, that it was Utah. Right. Right? I dug up some sugar bowl that I was like, yeah, and I think they got blown out. Well, anyway, it was uh, like a decade ago, Utah 31, Alabama 17. So they won by 14. The question was 16. Because <laughs> that would have been an all-time guess. Great guess. It was yeah, like, but like the you fact were right there. Knew, you remember that. I That's pretty good. 11 years ago, Alabama lost a game. By 14 points. And I missed it by two points. So anyway, All I right. have to pat myself on the back, but boy, that was It was cool. a very good incorrect answer, Yeah, man, folks. that was, That's what that, we're that was close. But uh, All right, right, let's move go. on to this week. Yep, yep. But I was still, oh, that one was bothering me. All right, uh, does this quote mean anything to you? I want to eat his children. Yes. You know I, who said that I quote? that was Mike Tyson, <laughs> Mike Tyson. referencing uh, Vander Holyfield's uh, no. Oh, oh. Um, and that was Lennox the Lewis's. Yes, yes. yes Len Lennox Lewis's non-existent children. Yeah. At the time <laughs> when he said that, children. he did not have children that he knew of. <laughs> so it's not even offensive. No, not really. <laughs> Man, when he's children, you, you what? You want to eat his children? What goes we through can, the we gotta mind? Get that. What goes through the mind? We got to get that. You got to hear Mike Tyson saying. There's probably nobody has given more good quotes. Over the years. The best is the interview with Russ, uh, what's his name, from WFAN. What, Did you ever call, hear that? Is, his, is, is he trying to be a nice guy? Is that, is that the one no, you're talking about? But you're a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, know, you act like a nice guy, but. but you're yeah, really a snake. snake. Yeah. All right, Mike. Here we go. Fully expecting, I'm fully expecting YouTube to give me a commercial before I, they let, no, they're going, they're going to let me do it. Who's standing by with Jim Gray? Jim? Yeah. Okay, thank you, Steve. Mike, was that your shortest fight ever? I bear witness there's only one God, and Muhammad's blessings and peace be upon him is his prophet. Is he still into that? I dedicate this right no. to my brother, Darrell Baum, who died. I'll be there to see you. I love you with all my heart. All praise be to my children. I love you. Oh, oh God, amen. What? Is this your shortest fight ever? In any time, amateur, professional ever? Assalamu alaikum, Maida. Um... Does he really go from that to eat his children? I don't know, yeah, I don't man. think we're on the right. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Lewis. Oh. Lennox, I'm coming for you. Oh, yeah, this is like, it. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this in seven I or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend. 
and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Impetuous. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Are you saying that, Mike? Praise be to Allah. I'm impetuous. Does he even know what those words mean? Not a chance. He's just impregnable? (laughs) Not a chance. Yes, you're right. You are not able to be impregnated, Mike. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. If I had children or not, and Mike Tyson wants to eat them, I'm nervous. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's funny. He started off so serene in that, you know, so just like talking behind him. He's always kind of been like that. Where he just. (laughs) More and more. Jim Gray's like, uh, okay. Uh. All right, well, that's a good one. I got a, uh, a question for you. What legend – all right, so in today's day and age, can you ever imagine an NFL team wasting a draft pick on a guy they know will never play it down for them? Hmm. Uh, like a symbolic pick. So you're saying like a seventh round? Yeah, like I'm seventh round, last pick in the draft. We're taking, you know, freaking uh, Usain Bolt. <laughs> Something like it's that. It's very hard to say, but – I could see it, but I don't know. I, I In today's day and age, yeah. really, with those jobs on the uh, line, yeah. you can justify. Probably not, yeah. 20% of the league's an undrafted free agent. Didn't they take the guy from um, Missouri? Wasn't he? He was like the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, and he was gay. Didn't? Yeah, uh... but he was going to be drafted before oh, I thought he they knew Michael that he... Sam. Yeah. That's the guy's name you're talking about. Yeah, but he was going to be drafted. It's just once he announced he was gay, he went from probably a fourth-round pick to a seventh-round pick. And so. did, But didn't Jeff Fisher take him yeah. because he didn't want him to not get drafted? Yes. So is that the question you're asking? Yeah, but he had a legitimate chance to make – I'm saying no. Like, let's Michael say, Sam was not going to be an NFL here, Here's the equivalent. Linebacker, here's right? the, there was a shot. He had a shot. Okay. He, he had the credit. What I'm saying so is saying if he, Jeff Fisher said, I'm drafting – um, Condoleezza Rice with the the first female ever to be drafted with the seventh round right, okay. last pick of the draft. By the way, did you hear the Browns are going to interview her for the head coaching job? Condoleezza uh, Rice. I did hear that, yeah. What is going on? What is? Why would you ever let that piece of information get out? How could you ever even think that that's a good idea? It's Are they saying we are so... Absolutely screwed up here at the top. We literally have no idea what we are doing at any concept of football. We would We've bring screwed in somebody this up with so bad. Not only no coaching experience, but just somebody coaching, who we know is totally a outside smart the NFL. person who's had success in different. I, I mean, well, I always thought it was weird. She was I've on spent the, my whole life watching football. She's on the college selection committee, yeah, right? Okay, I've spent my so whole watching. I've spent my whole life watching football. I've watched countless videos on play calling and how to diagnose an offense and defense. I am inherently unqualified to be a head coach of an NFL team. Okay, I would, but... I would flounder in a second. But is there some... Okay, for instance, um, the coach of the Steelers. What was what, what he? Mike Tomlin. Okay, Mike Tomlin. You know, that guy is such a, a player, motivator, leader. Who's been in the game his whole life. Right. He understands defenses. He understands offense. Right, but if you had a, somebody with that, that kind of charisma... That but also had a offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, just focusing on it won't work. 
Well, you, I'm you, not you, saying it will work. I'm just saying you, is that is that the you, you can't do that. Is just, that the you, you can't even let that piece of information out. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, I, I'm going back to a different time. So here's the question for you: What actor was selected by the Atlanta Falcons in the 1972 NFL Draft? Hmm. So now I, I just set it up for you, telling you that they drafted. So it's not a Burt guy. Reynolds, right? It's not a like guy, a guy who, who played, played. Florida State. Now I can give you a clue that might give it away. But I want to see if you can come up with right. any. So I don't know the answer. So right. let me just take a second to try to come up with a guess. How about I use the word legendary actor? Yeah, so that helps. That helps. And then it's um, 72. So your frame of reference, you know, it ain't Tom Cruise. Nobody, none of yeah, those guys were on the scene. I'm, I'm, uh, even before you said legendary. Be to Allah. Even before you said legendary, the person that I, I was thinking was John Wayne. Yes. Right, okay. 64-year-old John Wayne was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in 1972. Now, they had more rounds back then. Oh, yeah, they went like 17 Yes, it doesn't, so they, it's, they, it's a lot different than... I agree, but still. I'm just saying, today, you could never get away with a publicity move like that. People would t- tear you apart. Oh, right, right. For doing something too, like that. Too much, way too but, much on the But way. that's amazing. The Duke. Yeah. It's like, John Wayne. <laughs> we don't like any of these guys here. Yeah, go back number. and look at the 1972 draft, and it's like, you know, Alvin <laughs> Whitaker, da, da. John <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> okay, they had a guy named that, John that's Wayne. That's when drafted. he knew it was too many rounds. Yeah, oh, that, clearly. I yeah. think that's probably what did it. Yeah, so you got too many rounds. All right, throw another sport. I have at least two more good sports questions for you. All right, did you see the only time two teams scored each 50 points in an NFL game? What two teams faced off for the only Instance that two teams both scored fifty points in the same before game. last night. No. Oh, was, so it was the Rams was, and the Chiefs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, surprising to you? It is. Yeah. Me too. It is. In the history of the NFL, it's crazy. It was never a fifty-fifty. Well, that's like the culmination of all their hard work destroying defense. <laughs> and, and, it, and they've <laughs> and done it, it. And they've done it. Yes. They, and it, it uh, has been very successful. I said Simmons said like a week ago or something. He's like, you know, the thing with football teams now, the good teams are the teams with these offenses. Yeah. If you're not one of those teams, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. Defense isn't winning you, you a championship can't beat, this year. You, you can't beat the Rams, the no. Chiefs, the Jets Saints. have a good defense. They would get absolutely destroyed by the Chiefs. The Chiefs would slice yeah, through I mean, them e- like Swiss Even cheese. the Ravens who have the number one defense. Swiss cheese. They're, they're, they're looking it's at— It's an indefensible team. Right. I've but, said that. I've said that, that, that. Because of the rules now. If you can't right. check the receivers and you can't— you know. The combination of talent and the rules has definitely made it those yeah. types of teams indefensible. So you want one of those offenses. offenses? Yes, you do. It's a good way to build it. Um, all right, so this is this is an interesting one. Horrible, but interesting. It's also happened past weekend in the NFL. But uh, Washington QB Alex Smith broke his uh, leg 33 years to the day of what other Redskins QB. Now, I know you know the answer, but I'm going to tell you some craziness about this play. Yeah, well, right when it happened, before I even knew about it, uh, somebody texted me and said, 33 years to the day, Smith breaks his leg after, you know, a Redskins quarterback. And Has it happened since? No, I'm has saying, it? who's the quarterback? Who's oh, the... Alex Smith. Oh, well, Thiesman. Uh, yes. <laughs> Joe Thiesman. Sorry, Joe. I'm not calling that guy I'm not Thiesman. calling you Thiesman, just to it. rhyme it with Thiesman. Yeah, so listen to this. You ready? Yeah. The Giants played the Redskins that day. Final score, 23-21. Same score this game. The Houston play- this time. Yeah, Houston. 23-21. The play happened on the same exact yard line, the 40-yard line. Uh, that's crazy. And that the weird, like... The Matrix. Th- that is 
some bizarre... Glitch in the Matrix, man. What does they say? Deja vu, right? That's yeah. how you know yeah, that where, where something something's off when you see deja vu. That's the kind of thing years where it's just on the same yard line. On the same... Same like, score. Just same score. It's just... A, that is a... That's something that it's seems creepy. like it's impossible to happen. Yeah. Especially because we're not talking things. about... This. It's one thing if like a... A collarbone or something that you see, you see Tony Romo break two collarbones. But Aaron Rodgers broke it. Exact injury, both like the same exact. The tibula and the fibula. It's, I mean, it's just such a it's rare so yeah, thing. That's, that's exactly right. Glitch in the matrix. All right, throw one more sports question my way. I'm going to give you one last one and then we'll move on. I got right, a lot of I've what got, happened this week. So I've it's... got one more. Then I'll go with this. Oh, I do have. A this is a really tough one. Okay. I think you can get it. I think you'll either be on the nose or within one. So I'll give you 20 if you get it exactly right, and I'll give you 10 if you get it within one. Okay. How many Major League Baseball teams and NFL teams combined has Deion Sanders played for? How many? Okay. I should be able to figure this out. Um, So Deion in baseball was a Yankee, and he was a Brave. So far, you've got two. Dion Let me in, check these while you go. So Dion in football was a cowboy, a niner, and a falcon. Correct. I picture him anywhere else. That is the question. Did he go anywhere else? I'm going to stick to five. I'm probably missing one. Nine. Wow. I know, isn't that crazy? Who else did he play? I don't. I really don't even remember him besides the Yankees. <laughs> so and... let's just get baseball through. Yeah, he was a member of the Cincinnati Reds. He was, and that. the San Francisco Giants. I vaguely remember that. Okay, I, that's what I was teetering on, but I was trying to see if I was confusing him. They were very brief stints. Okay, so those two Reds, I didn't even remember. All right, now in football. I knew I'm missing one. Who am I missing in football? All right, so football, you've got the Falcons, the 49ers, and the, and the Cowboys, right? right? Now there's was one he a that Redskin? I... Yes. Yeah, he that, was a Redskin. I thought you would know. Yeah, he was a Redskin. Yeah, I, I do know now. I do remember that now. Now there's one other football team that you will remember as soon as I say it. You want it? Yeah. Ravens. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. You do remember you think, that. Wasn't right? that his last year? Was it? I think it was his last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he retired a Raven. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. That's right. Because he had that, that's right, that very So Falcons, stretch. Niners, Cowboys, Nine. Redskins, Ravens. Five NFL teams, Yankees, Braves, Reds, and Giants. Okay. Yeah, I was Nine off. teams. I could only name five of the nine, but that's a good number ten, too. That's tough. Yep, that's tough. Um, true or false, there is a sport called shin-kicking, Nick. Or did I just get bored and needed a sports question? True. It is true. In the United Kingdom, they have a entire league of shin kicking, and I crap you not, the sport is literally you kick someone in the shins until they fall. And if you fall, you're out. You fall, you're out. Is it one on one competition? One on one competition. Line and up. Do we get to wear shin guards? Yes. Okay. So you wear shin guards. You wear shin guards. That sounds like fun. Then I'll, I'll <laughs> shin kick with you. I mean, I'm, if I no, could, wear, if I could wear shin guards, I'm good. I'm without with, the shin guards, I'm, I'm out. fine without the shin kicking competition. I think I've played. But can you picture before. a British guy being like, "What's on the telly tonight? Let's like, watch some shin kicking at 11 a.m." <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I'm, I like that. Can we bet on it? Do we have shin kicking on the BBC? <laughs> 
Can we bet on it? Because I, I might get into it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe we got to bring that to the United States. Like, what, it's better what than you watching do? We started uh, a soccer team, fight. and then a year later, we started a shin-kicking yeah. team. I mean, <laughs> That's right, shin-kicking. It's, I mean, the casinos are right here. What do you got tonight? We're doing a shin-kicking event. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more, and then... Uh, actually, no, let's go, let's go to geography history. Just... Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll keep these sports questions. So I, will, I will mention this. Did you see the NFL record for rushing attempts uh, at the QB position was set this past week? Lamar? Yes. Tw- okay. 23. It's the most okay. ever by a running back. I saw that stat line, and I was like, whoa. That yeah. doesn't seem like they were planning on doing like, They did, did not. They thro- plan I think on they doing threw that? the ball once in the first half. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. They ran every play was a wildcat, a run well, option. You a- know what's unbelievable to me? The Ravens fans are thrilled with it. They want, like, not, you hear a single Ravens fan clamoring for the return of Flacco? He only won you a Super Bowl, guys. You know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. you, gotta yeah, go, they, he's you got a quarterback ex- running the ball 26 times. He's insanely exciting. He's just not a good passer. So it's like he, he's going to have to, and I doubt he can survive a season doing what he does because you can't rush a guy 23 times. Oh, no way. I expect him to hold up. No way. It's just not going to happen. Right. So, all right, let's go geography, history. You can start me off. Okay. Uh, let's see. Five. I want you to tell me whose speech began this way. Mm-hmm. Five score years ago, a great American in whose shadow uh, we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose shadow we stand today Signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Okay. So, I know a score is 20 years. Yes. I've learned this. My favorite Norm MacDonald line is he's like, do you think uh, Abraham Lincoln was bummed out that score never took a hold? <laughs> he's like, telling, he's telling great, Mary, he's like, four score. Speech. And say, why don't you just say 72 years ago? He's like, score's going to take off. People know a score. Four score and seven years ago. Right. And he's like, 87 for the, years. And Norm, Norm's like, for the rest of his presidency, all he was trying to do was bring score back. <laughs> like, just just like, yeah, how many scores? Well, it was a third of a score ago. Like, <sighs> Jesus, Abraham, can you just say seven years ago? There's two score of quarters and $10. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Enough. You're forcing the two issue. Two scores here. of quarters, $10. <laughs> 40 quarters, $10. Carried carry the one, <laughs> carried the three. Yeah, I got uh, $40,000. Um, yeah, so, okay, so so five score is 100 years. Five score years ago. So, if, let's say 1816. I'm going to go with Kennedy. No. Uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. So this is, we were just talking about this speech. That's my favorite speech. Martin, I have a dream Martin speech. Martin Luther King. That's how it begins. Okay. So he started four score and seven years ago. Eight, five score. He went with five score years ago and... You know, talked about Lincoln first in that speech. Okay, I like. I figured it was. I got the hundred years, so then I went a hundred years from when Lincoln made the speech, and I was right in the middle. In the sixties, yeah, sixties. So it was either going to be Kennedy or King. There I you went. Go. You know, there you go. Uh, that's a good one. Five score years ago. Speaking of uh, the opposite of good uh, people, what controversial candidate was the last to win a state as an independent candidate in a presidential election? And you're saying, speaking of not good people, speaking of not good people. Yes. So this is someone that we now frown upon. This is this was not a good guy. So it's not Ross. No, it was not H. Ross Pro. He never won a state. Yeah, he didn't carry a state. He didn't carry a state. He got a, a healthy, 11% of the vote. Yeah, something that like range. that. It was the highest of an independent Pretty candidate, independent, but he yeah. did not carry a state. This guy carried five states. Wow. And he was pretty much a 
giant garbage bag. And it's before Perot. Yes. And I'm just, thinking Perot. You were just talking about Martin Luther King. So, like, whoever the opposite of Martin Luther King is, you could pretty much, like, it's pretty much this guy. Was he a southern governor? Yes. Yes. Yes, he was. See, this is where I'm not sure of the guy's name, and I know I'm going to get it, another guy. And it's like, okay. this I'll, whole time I'm thinking this guy is that guy. It's like uh, uh, like Cesar uh, yeah, Chavez. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I'm going to throw George McGovern under the bus. Oh, you got the right first name. Yeah. And I did the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different George, George. Yeah, George. It's George Wallace. George Wallace. That's yes, it. George Wallace, who was like a very racist yes. governor, was like, oh, they're going to let black people to the schools? National Guard, mobilize. <laughs> the National Keep Guard. Keep them out. Yeah. I think so, actually the National Guard was, was mobilized to let them in. Yes. Yeah, yes, because they wouldn't they, let him yeah, in. Yeah, they wouldn't let him and in. And then they had to escort him in. He was independent because he was running basically on a racist platform, and he got beat out by, I think, Humphrey. I think Hubert Humphrey from the Democratic uh, Party. So was he the governor of Louisiana? No, I think it was Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, it was one of one of those heavy, heavy. Was heavy that the University of Alabama that those yeah. scene is from where they let the kids in? I believe it was. Let's see. I don't think so because I feel like I would have known if that was in Tuscaloosa. Or Mississippi. Maybe. It was Mississippi. Maybe. George Corey Wallace. Yeah, he just does not look like a good guy. I wonder if. Uh, I wonder well, if, I think if you're. Him, if I wonder whole, if the word racist. If your is whole used. life is revolving around being a racist, you probably. Okay, are well, not in 1963, at his inaugural address, he gave the famous quote segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. forever. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were wondering if he was racist, folks, may I please point you out to his 1963 inaugural address? Not let's all come together. Yeah, I mean, can you. Keep those people away from me. Uh, imagine 50 years ago, born that in guy Cleo, was Alabama, University of Alabama. So, yeah, it was, okay. al- it was all Alabama. All Bama. And he, the the irony was the guy who took over for him in office was named uh, – oh, no, I read it wrong. It was H. Guy Hunt. I thought it was H. Gay Hunt. That would have been funny. Uh, but, yeah, so George Wallace won five states, and he's uh, very much racist. All right, what do you got for me? Let's see. All right, speaking of bad guys. Speaking of bad guys. Do you know what the first trial in history uh, to take people up on their war crimes was? The Nuremberg? Yes. That was the only war crimes trial I can name. Well, so, I just didn't realize that was the first time in history that we ever held people accountable. They figured, for like, war after crimes. the Battle of Waterloo, they'd been like, hey, let's hang that Napoleon guy. <laughs> right, right. Or even after, World, him to Elba. even after World War One, Sure. Thought, like, we're going to hold these people responsible. Hey, or... who are the guys that torpedoed the submarine? Or the tor- Torpedoed the, uh, Lusitania. the Lusitania, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, let's, let's hang them. Uh, yeah, it wasn't until Nuremberg that we did that. That's an interesting one. Um, Okay, so this is this actually kind of plays off the southern theme. This this I found fascinating, a great story here. The Arlington National Cemetery was once the family home belonging to what general? All right, I I, I know this. They took it from him. Yes, as uh, penance, you say, for the Civil War, Correct. which is uh, Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. It's so his that's, family's it's, property. It was where they his got family's property. Arlington, and now it's Arlington National, National Cemetery. Cemetery. It's like you're going to fight us. All right, we'll let you surrender, but we're taking that piece of land. Yeah, and keeping it, and yeah. we're going to turn it into the National Cemetery to uh, bury all the victims that you helped kill. Amazon HQ will be nearby. <laughs> HQ two, right? This is <laughs> Ar- HQ three at Arlington National <laughs> Cemetery. It's like we've built it on top. You can still visit. It's in the catacombs. <laughs> um, 
All right, so this is, uh, well, you can throw one. You got that pretty easily. I got one more. I actually kind of have two more, but one I'll just mention real quick because I don't want to give France three in a single day. But I, I do have an interesting France fact for you. You want me to ask you a France question? Yeah. All right, here's one for you. On what famous Parisian street can you find La Arc de Triomphe? On what famous Parisian street can you find it's Arc funny. The trial. I had it for a second, and now all I can hear is Alsace Lorraine in my head, and it's totally <laughs> Alsace Lorraine. It's that's just a region that was fought over, and now I cannot come Alsace up with it. Because as soon as you said Arc de Triomphe, it, it's like the, it's the something de. Be, be, be. It, it, if you've ever seen the end ah, of the Tour de France, this is where they. Ah, I had it. I had it for a second, and now it's gone. It has fled my head. It's my favorite thing that uh, Trebek says. His pronunciation of this God street sakes, is impeccable. I just had it. I cannot get it out. Go ahead. The Champs d'Elysees. Thank you. Jesus. That was it. The Champs d'Elysees. And I was the like, Alsace Lorraine. Yeah. Alsace Lorraine. Right. The Champs d'Elysees. It was in Chance. my head. I had it for like a fleeting moment. Lise. That's good. Yeah. I love when Alex Trebek gets oh, all. Oh, he is Champs d'Elysees. <laughs> no, sorry. Well, he's from Canada, so he does it Has particularly a French. good French uh, uh, I just, accent. I'm going to miss him so much. They actually now have, I think it's on Hulu, uh, reruns of uh, Jeopardy. Oh, so you could watch like yeah, uh, 40 years of Tournament Jeopardy of Champions, yeah. which is great. You get a lot of good stuff from it. It's funny. I did a couple of episodes. I got two questions for Quizzo out of two full episodes of Jeopardy. You can't ask Jeopardy questions for Quizzo. They're it's, not the same. It's, it's barely. They're quick thoughts. But this one came up. Okay. So that's a good one. Which group of pioneers famously resorted to cannibalism after being stranded on their way to California? Jeez. Hmm. I didn't want to lead the quiz off with so cannibalism. Is this, is this what they were called? The group was called? Yes. So this oh, group man. of pioneers famously yep. resorted to cannibalism after being stranded on their way to California. And there's a great story. Does it begin with the letter D? It does. Okay. I just read Because I don't want to waste my time. If I, I mean, I know I know this, but. They weren't Darwin. It's also the name of Darwin's. A, no, it's like the name of a uh, reindeer from Santa's. Uh... Oh, well, that'll that'll help me out. The Donner Party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they should have eaten the reindeer instead of the four-year-old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so apparently what happened was Native Americans saw that they were there, stranded, and brought them food, and they were turned away. Or the, they returned when they got down to the camp and saw that they were eating humans. So the Native uh, Americans were like, they weren't into that. Whoop. <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. We're not helping these guys. They're crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, the archaeologists just went back to that spot and, like, found oh, it. I once listened to a whole podcast about how that whole thing went down. There was 100 people leaving from Missouri to California. What happened was they got hit in a snowstorm that happened in October, which is way earlier than most go. So they were, right. And they were only 100 miles from their ultimate destination, which was Sacramento, California. So they were low on supplies because they were almost <laughs> they there. They were almost there, and they were middle of October, so nobody's expecting to get hit with a brutal Do snowstorm. Do I remember? Did they take a shortcut? Yes. That's what screwed them. Yes. Yeah, they took a shortcut, and they got wedged during that snowstorm there was nowhere to really camp out i think i heard that it took only 72 hours for then the first eating. one to say all right i'm hungry <laughs> we're we gonna start what maybe we gonna they do? were out of food for 72 hours i, I forget I but it, it wasn't a lengthy enough time where you would if think they just was... not eaten people the native americans would have given them some food and to i get through that. do think it was odd enough that, i think it was a very large gentleman was uh, one to bring it up 
and he actually died first and was the first to get eaten. No fun. No. The uh, Donner party. Yes. I'll pass. I'm good. That's a, I, it sounds like a Norm MacDonald line. I don't think I ever heard him say it, but he, but couldn't you him, picture him saying, like, that sounds like the worst party ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, Bill Marjo. It's a horrible party. Apparently, another thing I remember that they did, which was nice, <laughs> they split the meat up between, so you didn't have to eat your own family member. So, like, if that Bill guy. dies and he was your brother, Bill gets eaten by this guy over here that's not related. But when Jim's cousin, <laughs> cousin Charlie dies, dies, you get to eat Charlie. Yeah, so that was go. that made a lot of sense. Listen, here are the rules. <laughs> We're not going to eat Listen, family. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, let's move uh, on to entertainment. I hope we're never that hungry. Uh, it's just absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. All right, here is a question for you. What beloved fictional animal was created by writer A.A. A. Milne? Oh, yeah, A.A. A. Milne is uh, Christopher uh, Robin's dad. Yeah! So uh, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore. You could take any whole, of them. Yeah, that whole that whole crew. Yeah, I, you know. Is that a number 10 worthy, like, how many are there? I mean, I named three, and then Christopher Robin. But is there more? Oh, Piglet. That's I should remember Piglet. My uh, cousin's kids were Tigger and Piglet for oh, Halloween. Just yeah, now. I like that. Um, that was interesting. There, there Apparently, that like yeah, Christopher Robin was real. Like he was a real. Yes. So I just read that he was also a soldier, and he was credited with twenty-five kills at the Battle of the Bulge. Oh. Yeah. So Christopher Robin was a badass. At the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. Got the bulge in there. Got it in there. Uh, let's Entertain see. me. Are we at entertainment? Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, but it's not the question. I just want your first instinct. Okay. So just answer it immediately without thinking about it. How many movies did Tom Cruise star with Nicole Kidman in? Three. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Can I name them? Yeah, probably. Eyes Wide Shut. All right. A horrible movie. Horrible movie. Um... Uh, Days of Thunder. Yes. That's where they met. That's where he so abducted her. Yep. That's where he, he abducted her. All five and seven of them. <laughs> the, uh... um, Days of Thunder, eyes wide shut. So you got your ten. I was going to do a two for ten, yeah, all three yeah. for twenty. Like so it. you got your ten uh, points, but there's one more. Yeah, very artsy one. Vanilla Sky? Nope. God, what was... That was a great movie the second time you watched it. Vanilla Sky? Yeah, it was. Oh, I hated it the first time I watched So it's uh, Cameron Crowe, one of my favorites. He's I was so great. excited for Love that him. movie to come out. I saw it right away. I absolutely hated the movie, and then one time, like a couple of years later, it was on HBO, and it just started like while I was sitting there, and I watched it, and knowing the ending Change while ever. you're watching it changes the entire movie, and I loved it. Ah, oh, it's weird. So weird, yeah. One of the only movies that ever, you know, I liked the second time. But the third's like, not coming to me. I would have thought two. I, I didn't realize they did a third. Far and away. Never I, saw it? No, and I you could give me a thousand guesses, and I never would have come in. I yep. couldn't even... So it's two for ten. Yeah. Two are gettable. I knew that... Uh, Everybody knows I Wise Shut, because it's such a bad movie. Yeah, I remember Days of Thunder, though. I like that. Cold it's Trickle. Stale, Stanley Kubrick's last movie. Yeah, yeah. I love the name Cold Trickle. I love the fact that a guy named that, with Dick Trickle... Is a, is a real guy. A real guy, but Cold Trickle... That's that's a that's his name. That's a that? good name. That's a great racing name. I it's funny too because years. Tom Cruise doesn't act, right? So he doesn't like play a southerner race car driver. He just plays Tom Cruise driving cars. So it's like Cold Trickle sounds like a guy with a backstory. You know, grew up in Alabama, racing his daddy's thing. Has a no. He's just like a, you know, 
It's so, just Maverick. Yeah, but instead of being Maverick and Top Gun, he's, he's Maverick, Maverick behind the wheel behind of the wheel uh, race car. It's just, it, it drives me crazy because like, you give that guy a backstory. You call him Cold Trickle. Everybody else around him. So it's like Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. Everyone's got a British accent, and here's Kevin Costner speaking like he's from freaking L.A. Yeah. In the middle of England. Doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all. That, How do you do that? That's, that's Everybody funny. else has a British accent in this entire production you're putting on in movies. But for some reason, Kevin Costner just speaks like an American. Because you probably can't do a British accent. Right. But and if why you would get you Kevin make that Con- movie? Because if you get Kevin Costner, you're going to make $100 million at the box office. Oh, it's such a bad idea. It just doesn't make any sense to me. All right. What else you got? Hmm. Or did I ask you? Or you just asked me that, right? I did ask you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll give you one more. Okay. Uh, what yeah, was more. Skipper on Gilligan's Island's first name? Oh, man. Why do I know this? That's a great question. Jonas. Yes, it is. My name is Jonas. You know, there's some funny? things I know that I'm not even Jonas proud Grumpy. of. Why? Why they mentioned I know it Jonas one Grumpy? time. Uh, a I think in ago. the pilot. Yeah, they mentioned it in the pilot. Jonas Grumpy. So I, I'm wondering, and I don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering if the song "My Name Is Jonas" is about him. My name is Jonas, and I carry the weight. Like maybe it's about the skipper being. No, in the I think it's about island. Jonas and the whale. The biblical. That's Jonah. Oh, you're right. Jonas is a different name. Jonas. I think Jonas. It's brothers. No, jo- what is Jonas? Jonas is the first name, right? But is it is it is this, wasn't a god or something like? There's I don't a, know. No, that's Janice. <laughs> I think where January I comes think of from. Janice, right? The character. Jan- no, I was thinking of like Janice, the god that January's named yep, after. Yep. Is that a two two headed uh, or two faced? Oh, I just made a weird noise with this thing. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Uh, this is my uh, hand puppet of uh, uh, Carl Sagan. Oh, right. It's my, my Carl Sagan <laughs> finger puppet. So where did you get acquire that? Uh, the internet. Okay. The same place anybody would go try to find a <laughs> Carl Sagan finger puppet. What inspired? Uh, I don't know. But is it magnetic? So it, it sticks to your microphone? It is. Okay. He just hangs there. Um, I saw it, and it was a dollar. And I so was for a like, dollar with reason, free shipping? For some reason, I want the Carl Sagan finger puppet. I actually thought it'd be a whole puppet. And I would teach my daughter, this is when she was first born, and I teach my daughter science by being like a puppeteer with this, and then this freaking thing showed up, and it's the size of my finger. And now it just sits on the mic like that. Yeah, it's amazing to me you're even allowed to have something like that with your, like my daughters would have had that already and ruined it for me. And it's already eaten I have by like nothing. Yeah, like, like there's nothing in my <laughs> house that's mine. I can't mine. have nice stuff. Yeah, it's like I, I, I actually have nothing. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Just take it all. Uh, you'll see. All right. Boy, I've got, I've got two that are probably equally as good. Do you want pick them both? Or nah, you we're good. We're in an hour, so you can right. just pick one. What? This is, t- this is the tougher of the two, but you maybe pick one. What is the lowest grossing movie to win Best Picture ever? Kurt Locker. Yeah, you got it. Nice. I, I remember that. I remember them making a big deal. It, what's that. so funny is... Because nobody's seen it. Well, it was up against Avatar, right. which was the highest grossing, grossing movie of all time. And his ex-wife directed Hurt sure. Locker. That's why they did it. You That's know how much money it made? $8 million. $17 million. That's ridiculous. Versus a billion. <laughs> like, what do you think the Hurt Locker is now in terms of gross? Uh, 178 I mean, that movie was not good. I don't understand how a movie like that can win Best Picture. It just it was not good. I saw it 
It's total gross. It's 18 mil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Even after winning the Oscar, nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Nobody's like, hey, you know what we got to go do is get that Catherine And, and listen, Bigelow. if you're thinking about it because you haven't seen it, let me tell you something. It's a horrible it's a, watch. It it's terrible. one of the most depressing movies you yeah, will ever watch. It's a horrible movie. There's How no, that one best picture? There's no positives in it. Right. It could have gotten worse picture, and nobody would even have made a, any noise about it. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that was. Is, Equally as bad a best picture. <laughs> better, watch that. better yeah, than yeah, her logger. It, it just got to the point. That was just uh, that's it. But the fact that his ex-wife comes out with this like the seventeen <laughs> million artsy. dollar artsy movie, right, Jim. and he loses best because you know he's never won best. Oh no, did he won it for Titanic? Yeah, there you go. Okay. So actually, uh, this will be a great way to end the uh, the quiz. There, did my he... last question for yeah, you. Yeah, he did. I could. Um, after adjusting for inflation, which cost more, the Titanic to build or the movie to make? The actual adjusting, cost of for, adjusting inflation. for inflation, which you have to do, because obviously... Oh, this is a good one. Yep. What costs more, the Titanic ship itself to build or the movie to make? Because I have seen this question, which what took longer, the Titanic to sink or the movie? To which, make? No, no, or no, no. to watch? Yes. Like, what was longer, uh. <laughs> the movie the Titanic or the time it took the Titanic to sink? That's, that's a terrible question. <laughs> uh, the Titanic took longer to sink than the movie. It probably took, like, half a day. No. Six the hours. movie is longer. Really? Yes. It went down in less than two hours? Well, it's a two-hour and 45-minute movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it went down in, like, two hours. <sighs> yeah, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got? All right. So you got to think it cost more to build the Titanic than the movie adjusting for inflation. The movie. Wow. It's yep. crazy. But that's why I asked it the way I did because I think a lot of people are going to be like it's got to be mean, what, ship. So they spent I'm thinking $150 million to make the movie? Something like that. Yeah, so $150 very, very million, you could build the Titanic for $150 million? Even adjusting for inflation. Yep. It doesn't seem seems crazy, but okay. I mean, a building costs a billion dollars. So like a floating building, I would think would cost. The budget for Titanic was two hundred million dollars. Okay, so, so it's it's a very like one fifty. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking somewhere in that range. And the ship cost. My guess would be to build that ship today would cost over two hundred million dollars. The thing was probably back then. The materials and the, the Titanic cost seven point five million to build, adjusting for inflation one hundred and seventy four million. Oh, it's close. It is close. But you could never build. I don't think today's costs. That's the difference. Like in other words, they're building it, so I'm sure labor, we know how much it's. Yeah, gonna... like labor and materials now are more than labor. That and just seems like a weird there. thing to do. Why would you want to reconstruct that? It's like the great. It's like are they going to rebuild the the Hindenburg? Well, would you fly on that? I, I agree. I agree with you, uh, yeah, but just... I also can see that that thing is going to make a ton of dough. I get so... it, but it's just like, so what's the appeal? You survive it? That's the appeal you get on this great ship to survive it? And no, you don't think it'll be a able... living museum of the people that were on it? And the... you, people you, you are fascinated by the Titanic more so like than... You would hope it's more like that than... Yeah, because there's a certain bit of elegance. With, with the Hindenburg, was just a tragedy, and it's remember, like we don't actually have footage of the Titanic sinking; only the movie that was made. Sure, so. sure, sure. Yeah, it's a little bit more romantic. Yeah, Hindenburg is like, oh, the humanity. There was like, there, there were survivors of the Titanic. Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, there you go. So everybody can go book your your travel for 2022. Like I said, I would concerned. I would go on it. I the just second I just won't go on the, on the on the opening voyage. <laughs> All right, everybody. That does it for episode 85, Nick. 
85 of the Quizzo Trivia gobble, Podcast. Gobble. The Quizzo Enjoy Trivia your Thanksgiving, Podcast. folks. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information.
This song is called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice and the restaurant. But Alice's Restaurant is not the name of the restaurant. That's just the name of the song. And that's why I call the song Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. And you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Now it all started two Thanksgivings ago, it was on two years ago on Thanksgiving when my friend and I went up to visit Alice at the restaurant, but Alice doesn't live in the restaurant, she lives in the church nearby the restaurant in the bell tower with her husband Ray and Fotch is a dog, and living in the bell tower like that, they got a lot of room downstairs where the pews used to be, and Having all that room, seeing as how they took out all the pews, they decided that they didn't have to take out their garbage for a long time. We got up there, we found all the garbage in there, and we decided it'd be a friendly gesture for us to take the garbage down to the city dump. So we took the half a ton of garbage, put it in the back of a red VW microbus, took shovels and rakes and implements of destruction, and headed on toward the city dump. Well, we got there, and there's a big sign and a chain across the dump saying closed on Thanksgiving. And we had never heard of a dump closed on Thanksgiving before. And with tears in our eyes, we drove off into the sunset looking for another place to put the garbage. We didn't find one. Till we came to a side road, and off the side of the side road was another 15-foot cliff. And at the bottom of the cliff was another pile of garbage. And we decided that one big pile's better than two little piles, and rather than bring that one up, we decided to throw ours down. That's what we did. Drove back to the church, had a Thanksgiving dinner that couldn't be beat, went to sleep and didn't get up until the next morning when we got a phone call from Officer Obi. Said, kid, we found your name on an envelope at the bottom of a half a ton of garbage, and wanted to know if you had any information about it. And I said, yes, sir, Officer Ober, cannot tell a lie. I put that envelope under that garbage. <laughs> After speaking over for about 45 minutes on the telephone, we finally arrived at the truth of the matter and said that we had to go down and pick up the garbage and also had to go down and speak to him at the police officer station. So we got in the red VW microbus with the shovels and rakes and implements of destruction headed on toward the police officer station. Now, friends, there was only one or two things that Obi could have done at the police station, and the first was that he could have given us a medal for being so brave and honest on the telephone, which wasn't very likely and we didn't expect it. Another thing was that he could have bawled us out and told us never to be seen driving garbage around the vicinity again, which is what we expected. But when we got to the police officer station, there was a third possibility that we hadn't even counted upon, and we was both immediately arrested, handcuffed. And I said, Obi, I don't think I can pick up the garbage with these handcuffs on. He said, shut up, kid. 
in the back of the patrol car, and that's what we did. Sat in the back of the patrol car and drove to the quote scene of the crime, unquote. I want to tell you about the town of Stockbridge, Massachusetts, where this happened. Here they got three stop signs, two police officers, and one police car. But when we got to the scene of the crime, there was five police officers and three police cars being the biggest crime of the last 50 years, and everybody wanted to get in the newspaper story about it. And they was using up all kinds of cop equipment that they had hanging around the police officer station. They was taking plaster, tire track, footprints, dog smelling prints. And they took 27 8 by 10 color glossy photographs with circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one explaining what each one was to be used as evidence against us. Took pictures of the approach, the getaway, the northwest corner and southwest corner, and that's not to mention the aerial photography. After the ordeal, we went back to the jail. Obi said he was gonna put us in the cell. Said, kid, I'm gonna put you in the cell. I want your wallet and your belt. And I said, Obi, I can understand you wanting my wallet so I don't have any money to spend in the cell, but what do you want my belt for? And it said, kid, we don't want any hangings. Said, Obi, did you think I was gonna hang myself for littering? Obi said he was making sure, and friends Obi was, cause he took out the toilet seat so I couldn't hit myself over the head and drown. And he took out the toilet paper so I couldn't bend the bars, roll out the roll the toilet paper out the window, slide down the roll and have an escape. Obi was making sure, and it was about four or five hours later that Alice, remember Alice? It's a song about Alice. Alice came by with a few nasty words to Obi on the side, bailed us out of jail, we went back to the church, had another Thanksgiving dinner that couldn't be beat and didn't get up until the next morning when we all had to go to court. We walked in, sat down, Obi came in with a 27 8 by 10 covered glossy pictures with the circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back each one, sat down. Man came in, said, all rise. We all stood up, and Obi stood up with the 27, 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures. And the judge walked in, sat down with the CNI dog, and he sat down. We sat down. Obi looked at the CNI dog. And then the 27, 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one, and looked at the CNI dog. And then the 27, 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one and began to cry because Obi came to the realization that it was a typical case of American blind justice and there wasn't nothing he could do about it. And the judge wasn't going to look at the 27, 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one explaining what each one was to be used as evidence against us. And we was fined $50 and had to pick up the garbage in the snow, but that's not what I came to tell you about. Came to talk about the draft. We got a building down New York City, it's called Whitehall Street, where you walk in and you get injected, inspected, detected, infected, neglected, and selected. I went down and got my physical examination one day, and I walked in, I sat down, got good and drunk the night before, so I looked and felt my best when I went in that morning. 
Cause I wanted to look like the all-American kid from New York City. Man, I wanted, I wanted to feel like though. I wanted to be the all-American kid from New York. And I walked in, sat down, I was hung down, brung down, hung up, and all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things. And I walked in, I sat down, they gave me a piece of paper, said, kid, see the psychiatrist, room 604. And I went up there, I said, shrink, I wanna kill. I mean, I want, I want to kill, kill. I want, I want to see, I want to see blood and gore and guts and veins in my teeth. Eat dead, burnt bodies. I mean, kill, 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 kill. And I started jumping up and down, yelling, kill, kill. And it started jumping up and down with me, and we was both jumping up and down, yelling, kill, kill. The sergeant came over, pinned the metal on the set me down the hall, said, you're our boy. And you feel too good about it. Proceeded on down the hall, getting more injections, inspections, detections, neglections, and all kinds of stuff that they was doing to me at the thing there. And I was there for two hours, three hours, four hours. I was there for a long time, going through all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things, and I just having a tough time there and they was inspecting injecting every single part of me and they was leaving no part untouched proceeded through and I went finally came to see the very last man I walked in walked in sat down after a whole big thing there and I walked up and said what do you want he said kid we only got one question have you ever been arrested I proceeded to tell him the story of Alice's Restaurant, Massacre, with full orchestration and five-part harmony and stuff like that. And then all the phenomena stopped me right there and said, Kid, did you ever go to court? I proceeded to tell him the story of the 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures with the circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one that stopped me right there and said, Kid... I want you to go over and sit down on that bench that says Group W. Now, kid! And I, I walked over to, to the bench there, and there's, there's Group W is where they, where they put you. If you may not be moral enough to, to join the army, after committing your special crime, and there was all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly-looking people on the bench there. Mother rapers, father stabbers, father rapers, father rapers sitting right there on the bench next to me, and one it was mean and nasty and ugly and horrible and crime-fighting guys are sitting there on the bench. And the meanest, ugliest, nastiest one, the meanest father raper of them all, was coming over to me. And he was mean and ugly and nasty and horrible and all kinds of things. And he sat down next to me and said, Kid, what'd you get? I said, I didn't get nothing. I had to pay $50 and pick up the garbage. <laughs> I said, What were you arrested for, kid? And I said, Littering. And they all moved away from me on the bench there to carry a bone, all kinds of mean, nasty things. 
till I said I'm creating a nuisance and they all came back shook my hand and we had a great time on the bench talking about crime mother stem father ate and all kinds of groovy things that we was talking about on the bench and everything was fine we were smoking cigarettes and all kinds of things until the sergeant came over had some paper in his hand held it up and said kids This piece of paper's got 47 words, 37 cents, it's 58 words. We want to know details of the crime, time, crime, and that kind of thing. Got to say, pretend to about the crime, want to know the rest of the officer's name, and that kind of thing. You got to say in the top 45 minutes, and nobody understood a word that he said. But we had fun filling out the forms and playing with the pencils on the bench there. I filled out the massacre with the four-part harmony and wrote it down there just like it was. And everything was fine, and I... Put down a pencil and I turned over the piece of paper and and there there on the other side in the middle of the other side away from everything else on the other side in parentheses capital letters quoted read the following words kid you rehabilitated yourself I went over to the sergeant and said sergeant you've got a lot of damn gall to ask me if I've rehabilitated myself I mean I mean I mean I just I'm sitting here on the bench I mean I'm sitting here on the group W bench Cause you want to know if I'm moral enough to join army, burn women, kids, houses, and villages after being a litter bug. He looked at me and said, kid, you don't like your kind. And we're gonna send your fingerprints off to Washington and friends. Somewhere in Washington, enshrined in some little folders, a study in black and white of my fingerprints. And the only reason I'm singing you the song now is because you may know somebody in a similar situation. Or you may be in a similar situation. And if you're in a situation like that, there's only one thing you can do. is Walk into the shrink wherever you are. Just walk in and say, shrink. You can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant and walk out. You know, if one person, just one person does it, they may think he's really sick and they won't take him. And if two people, two people do it in harmony, they think they're both faggots and they won't take either of them. And if three people do it, three, can you imagine three people walking in, singing a bar, Alice's restaurant, and walking out? They may think it's an organization. And can you can you imagine 50 people a day? I said 50 people a day walking in, singing a bar, Alice's restaurant, walking out. And friends, they may think it's a movement. And that's what it is. The Alice's restaurant anti-massacre movement. And all you gotta do to join is to sing it the next time it comes around on the guitar with feeling. So we'll wait till it comes around on the guitar here. 
sing it when you're done Here it comes You can get anything you want At Alice's Restaurant You can get anything you want At Alice's Restaurant Walk right in this around the back Just a half a mile from the railroad track And you can get anything you want At Alice's Restaurant horrible <laughs> one end worn stuff you gotta sing loud you could put a lot I've been singing the song now for 25 minutes I could sing it for another 25 minutes I'm not proud <laughs> or tired so we'll wait till it comes around again and this time with four part harmony in the feeling. We're just waiting for it to come around is what we're doing. All right now. You can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant. Accepting Alice. You can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant. So walk right in is around.